go! That's right. This is a pregame engineer tailgate mayor racing podcast episode number 284. Today is Tuesday, April 6, 2021. I'm tailgate mayor Russie Wallace in the PTM podcast studio in Atlanta, Georgia. This podcast is sponsored by you. That's right. You can go to patreon.com forward slash PTM. Join the What You Drink Club for as little as $1 a month. Get that free koozie. Get some stickers. Best part is every cent this year. We're once again donating to sponsored drivers. Join the PTM Posse today. Be a part of the sport you love. This week's show brought to you by official sponsors at that $5 and up per month level. <coughs> Aaron Bidden, Robert Kevin, Colin Clamer, Kevin Ryan, Keeper, Patrick Cleary, Jeff Brand, Brennan Carl, Kathy McDonald, Brandon Carl, Rika Porter, Julie Bosley, Eddie Grid, Third Yard Motorsports, David Mullins, Patrick Johnson, Bruce, uh, Brett Morris, Crystal Smoke, Fred Rosado, John Abbott, Stacey Coleman, Lisa Chinana, Rick Houston, Sarah Anbari, Evan Roller, Matthew Bishop, Perry Bolzania, AJ Evangelista, Janet Scott, Les Miller, and Chubby Bob. Woo! Out of way. Well, a couple little missteps there, but still. Made it around. I think if I'd have said Brandon Carl twice. I think I said so. Brandon Crowd, and I always say it weird because it comes right after Jeff Brown, Brandon Crowd. It's kind of like one of those uh, tongue uh, I could have misheard you. You know, so uh, that's what I'm blaming it on. Anyway, PTM North Carolina Studio Pregame Engineer Andrew Sherwin. What's up, dude? Woo! All right. Happy, happy April. Ha- happy to be here. Yeah. Yeah. So, coming off the, the <laughs> no, uh, no agenda weekend. So, no agenda week for us. I hope y'all tune in, have some fun, hang out with us. Man, Sherwin, what are you drinking tonight? Because it's, uh, I need to get into some drinking. (laughs) You know what? So, um, I mean, I got the staple, of course. Mm -hmm. Why not, Mm -hmm. right? (laughs) Ironically, been accused of uh, not being an adventurous beer drinker, which you know better than that. (laughs) But, of course... We got the ire fall. There you go. There you go. So there is a dearth of mixers in the Rusty household, and I did not know that. So I took uh, some of the Jim Beam, and I put it in a glass with, um, uh, you know, those squirt bottles of, of like, Mio, but you get, like, the Kroger brand. So I oh, put yeah. some of that in there with some water, and, I, you know, it's kind of like, I don't know, gin and juice, but it's more like Jim and juice. So uh, I don't know. It's it's okay. Well, you get your electrolytes and your ethanol. That's right. Oh, and on deck, since we talked about it, was it last week or two weeks ago? We talked about Dos Equis, right? Uh, I think you had Dos Equis or... Oh, uh, yeah. I got one left in the fridge. Oh, yeah. Well, we were talking about, I don't know, the last time I've had a Dos Equis lager. So, of course, I have Dos Equis lager today. <laughs> nice. Good <laughs> so, shove. Um, yeah, let's see. Mmm. That's pretty good. Pretty sweet. I didn't realize. I didn't. It's yeah. It, it's crispy. Yeah. It's sweet yeah. and it's crispy. It kind of tastes like uh, like moosehead, which I haven't had in forever, and which we need to go ahead and grab some. <laughs> yeah. I'm pretty I drink sure, moosehead any day. I'm pretty sure. No matter how much beer I drink the rest of my life, there's stories around this. We can tell them one day. But I don't know if I will ever catch up to the amount of moosehead that I've drank in my entire life. So. <laughs> We're just gonna leave it at that for now. But uh, there were there were uh, reasons. <laughs> <laughs> do we not do we not share at this point? I mean, we're, I mean, we're already teased everybody. Well, yeah, yeah. Why not? So back in college, you know, we built a Christmas tree out of beer bottles, and it was our mission to uh, you know our little corner of the fraternity house. We were like, we're gonna do, we're gonna you know drink more than anybody else because that's a great idea when you're in college. And we did. <laughs> That's really the long and short of it. Uh, we used Moosehead uh, because it was a green bottle. And 
the guy at the local liquor store got us a giant discount for ordering by the 18-wheeler full. So we, <laughs> we uh, right. did that. Right. And so for those keeping score at home, what building a Christmas tree out of beer bottles means to a bunch of engineers from Georgia Tech means 3,000 bottles of right. beer. Right. That's and it. And it's 13 feet tall. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. we're not talking about your little, like, side of the corner of Christmas tree. Take seven cases of liquid nails to glue it all together. (laughs) You remember, uh, somebody did their, their, like, senior thesis on how much weight it could hold. And we did, I think it was, like, 13 stories or 13, you know, levels tall. And he was like, oh, yeah, we're good by mechanical engineering up to like 18 or something crazy. You know? It was Brian Burns and okay. it was 22 mm. that he did a compression test on the, uh, the Molson bottle. Okay. When it was still the Molson tree there and it would, it said it would, the bottom layer would hold 22 layers. <laughs> Impressive. Well, uh, we never got up to there because obviously it compounds. It's not exponential, but it's not linear. Uh, so it, I don't know, uh, opposite of logarithmic. Well, that's exponential. So I don't know. We'll call it exponential growth by <laughs> the more layers you add. So yeah, pretty well. Not real easy to dispose of as it turns out. <laughs> right, right. Um, so, sir, <laughs> it's been a heck of a day for both of us. I was telling Sherwin as we got on, I had pressed a button at 8.26 p.m. this evening. And when I pressed it, I did not I didn't plan it this way, but it came up and said, this process will finish in 34 minutes. 8.26 p.m. plus 34 minutes is PTM podcast time. And I was like, sweet, I will be on the show. <laughs> up until that point, I wasn't sure. One minute later, or, you know, one one more bug or something, and it would have messed up. Sherwin? Yeah, well, I get a call at 6.05, and I was about to hit I-77, and my boss was like, yeah, I'm going to need you to come on back in here, because we're about to fire up the line and i was like okay i'll turn around and the whole way back i'm just in my mind just going i'm leaving at eight i'm leaving at eight i'm leaving at eight right right <laughs> i ended up leaving about oh i don't know seven thirty. <laughs> <laughs> well done sir so i'll tell you what kind of day it was by the end of it here's what happened uh you know in in computer science and and in, in computing we measure things in milliseconds, even if, it, you know, because it'll be like, oh, it took seven milliseconds, 10 milliseconds. And even once it crosses some of those borders where you could put them in fractions of seconds, we'll still say 800 milliseconds, just so that they're all on the same time scale, right? Even mm-hmm. if it's a ton, uh, you know, we might still say 38,000 milliseconds, which is exactly what happened today and where my story begins, is a guy had, had chatted me on our team chat, so lots of people on this team chat, it was probably about 8.15 p.m., and he goes... It should have finished in about 38,000 milliseconds. And I looked, and I typed back, and I was just trying to type quick. And so instead of – and it took 24,000 milliseconds. But instead of 24,000 milliseconds, I wrote 24K, and then I put MS. And everybody understood it, and I was the first to make fun of myself. I said, did I just really say 24 kilo milliseconds? (laughs) Like, I could have just wrote 24 instead of 24K – MS. So it was it was that kind of day. So I, I had a uh, thirteen kilo milli hour day, <laughs> and uh, yeah, ready to be done with that one. Well, so for all the nerds out there, and I'm sure there's some electrician that'll hear this and'll probably want to correct me at 
to some degree or another, but uh, we had a power blip over the weekend, which is always fun. Mm-hmm. And uh, basically, we have three-phase power that comes into our machines. We're running 245-volt three-phase. If any of those three phases blips for more than about five milliseconds, boom, line down. Mm. So that that's always fun. <laughs> well, you you it, it, expensive is what the right word is. Expensive. expensive. <laughs> How you enjoying the new phone? It's week number two, I guess, ending of week one. Of of having the phone. Well, we survived la- uh, last week's event. <laughs> We're doing just fine. <laughs> I still don't have the thing that lets you put earbuds in it, but uh, I've been using my other phone as like an iPod. Uh-huh. <laughs> so that's been working just fine. Yeah. But yeah, no, I like it. I'm, I'm totally versed now in the whole no home button thingy. Mm-hmm. Like, when I pick up the old phone, I'm like, oh, yeah, I have to mash this button. Right, right. <laughs> I'm, I'm doing the same thing. I've got the phone as just a, a iPod thing, and exact same. You, I, I pick it up. What's stupid now is because I got the face thing. Uh, like, I'll, I'll pick it up, and I'm just staring at my phone, waiting for it to come. I'm like, come on. Oh, hell, I got to mash a button. I forgot. Like, you, you just look like an idiot because you're like, come on, phone. What's your problem? And it's like, I don't know what to do, man. I've got a button, remember? Ah, <laughs> oh, crap. Yeah. <laughs> well, and me, I spend most of my day with the mask on, right? Mm. So, like, I look at it, and it's like, <laughs> want me to put my six digits in. I'm like, I'm looking right at you. <laughs> and it, it can't tell me, hey, Dodo Bird, you have a mask on. Right. I can't see your face. Right, right. <laughs> I'll tell you this. Uh, you got the 5G on yours? Yes. Yeah. So I did a speed test on my phone and it completely smoked my Comcast home internet. And now I'm like self-conscious. Like, what am I paying all this internet money for at home when it doesn't even come to close to what I get on my, on this little device right here? It's ridiculous. Hey, I don't understand that either. Last night I had the unfortunate situation where <laughs> I took a nap from 8 o'clock to 11.30. So I missed the entire national championship game, which is fine. It didn't sound like it was much of a game anyway. But, uh, yeah, so the Internet just sort of went out. I don't know if they were messing with something or downloading something. I don't know. It just went out. And I'm like, well, whatever, phone. And, like, it doesn't even miss a beat. Like, there's no lull. There's nothing. Yeah. (laughs) It just does. Yeah. So, yeah, uh, <laughs> Roger says the second shot's supposed to take care of it. That's right. I got my chip implanted this Friday. I get it activated, and then it, it'll hook up with my 5G phone and Bill Gates and everything else. So looking forward to that ordeal. That's right. I'm two <laughs> Tuesdays away from, from that, from getting go. chipped <laughs> like I'm a dog. Do you, it's uh, fine with me. I don't give a damn. It'll be time to get on an airplane and go to a racetrack's what it'll be. That's that's what it really is. That's uh, you know counting down the days to being able to do something again. My wife, <laughs> she uh, she is one week behind me in in the shot schedule. So uh, she has booked us a reservation at a fancy restaurant. She's like, I I selected eat inside too. We hadn't eaten inside a restaurant in over a year now, and so we've. <laughs> She's like, I pressed inside on the reservation for two weeks after she's done with her stuff. So, <laughs> yeah, 
Yeah. Well, hell yeah. Um, I'm still kind of lamenting in a lot of ways that I picked this weekend to uh, to go to New Orleans because I'm so close to Martinsville. Oh and, yeah. You know, and and Evan Roller's like, hey man, I I got this bumper pull and you ain't gonna be around. And I'm like, we're we're gonna use it, dude. Just <laughs> you remember? He was the one that sent that funny rundown from last week. Mm-hmm. Oh, that was hilarious, Evan. <laughs> and and he's he's sitting there giving us hell, saying, "Rusty, you road trip ready or what? Woo, let's go!" Like, here's the deal, y'all: is I'm laying low for the next three weeks because I there's light at the end of this tunnel. Now I'm not gonna go be stupid and 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 you know get myself to the point where I'm exposing other people to anything. But old Rusty's just going to lick all the doorknobs and not even care anymore. So I'm I'm ready to get that. Yeah, I don't know what the what the rules are once you like once you've made it through the tunnel, mm-hmm. and then there's that light at the other end, mm-hmm. supposedly or whatever. I yeah, I mean licking doorknobs. I mean I'm gonna eat off the floor. I don't <laughs> <laughs> like whatever. That's what five second about. rule no longer applies. <laughs> Yeah, I'll still wear my mask, and I'll still, you know, social distance and all that for everybody who hadn't. But when it comes to to me, <laughs> I'm, I'm in, baby. So. Oh yeah, I'm. I don't have any issues wearing the mask. I'm so used to it at work. It's like, yeah, you just get on the plane, you get the mask on, you're mm-hmm. good. I mean, I I got to go from Atlanta, uh, Charlotte to Atlanta, then to New Orleans. So actually, I get on the plane at like eight. 15? I know, that's takeoff. I got to get on the plane at like 7.45. A.M.? Yeah. Oh, you're going to miss that. <laughs> oh, not not anymore. Used to, yes. Used to, yes. But now that seems to not be a thing anymore. Sorry. I'll, I'll just come home and go to bed. I'll pack and go to bed, and I'll wake up at like 2.30, and I'll be fine. Yeah, yeah. Uh. And but yeah, so I don't actually get there until like uh, twelve fifteen Central Time, huh? Yeah, that's, so that I don't know up? if there's enough like time a to have a drink in the Atlanta airport ride. or not. We'll see. Huh? Either way, um, Easter. Did you do anything this weekend? No. <laughs> I actually I did. So <laughs> for the people who like to make fun or don't, whichever. I I did get my toenails painted pastel purple. <laughs> well, good job. So that's me. Nice. That's what's going on over here. That's all I did. You know, I, I've come to realize that um, that uh, I never thought that I was too much of a stickler for like certain meals and stuff until I just became a stickler for it. And my wife was asking me, she's like, you want to... I don't know. I'm. I don't care. Do you want to cook something? I'm like, well, it's Easter. We got to have some deviled eggs. And I was like, we got to have some ham, and we might as well make some collards and cornbread to go with it. <laughs> it's just one of those things. Like, it started with just, well, let's let's make some eggs. You know, I got to have me some deviled eggs, and then like, well, ham sure would go with that. Uh, some collards might be all right. Well, you got to have cornbread when you got collards, and then eventually, I've 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 constructed this entire Easter meal, and I'm like, well, hell, I guess I'll cook it. So. <laughs> I cooked up me an Easter meal. It was good. Still eating well, my just, It just kind of builds, you yeah. know? It. Uh, did you do like a whole ham or like just a steak? So, Like a ham steak. <laughs> dude, this, this made me laugh harder than I've laughed this year, right? I told my wife, I was like, okay, well, it's just us two. I'll go get one of them ham steaks, and I'll eat on a ham steak 
every day of the week, twice on Sunday. Love me a ham steak. Um, and all if you're not familiar with it, y'all, all it is is, you know, you're used to like the spiral cut ham. Well, instead of spiral cutting it, they just put it through a bandsaw and, you know, you cut off a big old thick piece of it. And all you got to do is just fry it up on either side, not like with any oil or anything. You're just heating it is all you're doing. And then it's just a big old slab of ham is all it is. Well, I told the wife, I was like, I'll go get a ham steak. And we've been eating on ham steaks for the past decade, Sherwin, at the at the Wallace household. And and the wife finally goes, she goes, you know what? I hate those ham steaks. Can we get something else? And I just busted out laughing because we've been eating ham steak for the last decade. I'm like, you could have told me. I, I have no affinity to it. I, it's just one of those, like, it's easy, it's nice, and, uh, you know, fine. So, uh, Sherwin, we had a spiral sliced ham. <laughs> that is awesome. <laughs> we we used to do ham for Easter, too. Uh, Dad liked to do it on the grill, and he would mix up uh, yellow mustard, brown sugar, and pineapple juice. Mm-hmm. That's like a glaze. That sounds awesome. Yeah. Yeah, it was good. And he always knew... That if he got ham, I mean, at some stage of the game, mom's going to make macaroni and cheese with mm. ham, homemade. Mm-hmm. So, like, he always had a plan. Like, he, he had an ulterior motive. That's that progression <laughs> we were just talking about. Because dad's like, I'm going to buy a ham. Because I know mom's going to be like, well, you can't have ham without the macaroni and cheese. So, I, hey, win-win. <laughs> yeah, pretty perfect. much. Perfect. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, and we ate outside because the Skeeters hadn't come yet, and the weather is not completely, you know, drench you in sweat. So F-bombed. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I uh, had a nice little uh, Easter dinner outside, uh, just me and the wife, because once again, I am laying low <laughs> for the next right. three weeks. Well, we got all the pine pollen. Y'all got that in Atlanta yet? Oh, my God. Can you hear me sniffling and everything? Listen, y'all, I'm not allergic to anything. Okay, I don't have allergies, seasonal allergies, pollen allergies, or anything. But if you hear me uh, sitting here coughing and and like, you know, uh, whatever, snorting and hacking up a lung, it's because uh, if you go outside, you're essentially snorting a line. Like uh, I'm talking about mountains of pollen just walking outside right now. So you can't help but be a little bit stuffed up or something. Again, I'm not allergic. It's just that once you get enough crap up your nose, yeah, you're gonna be, you know, sneezing and hacking. So, yeah. yeah, and one of, the, one of the things I discovered is, because I never really have been a mouth breather, but the mask causes me to do that a lot. Mm. So I get, like, massive buildup in my nose mm. from mm-hmm. breathing out of my mouth when I'm on the floor. Mm-hmm. And because I can't, you know, we're not allowed to pull our mask down. We can pull it down at our desk as long as we're away from everybody, yada, yeah, yada, yeah. yada. But, like, yeah, my nose fills up with all kinds of nonsense, mm-hmm. and uh, it's different. But the pollen so far has not been a problem. I hear you. Well, the pollen has, uh, the pollening has happened in Atlanta, and uh, y'all, uh, this is the time of year, if you're not in Atlanta or, or in, in the general vicinity, um, you don't go get your car washed for, like, two months right now. All you do is take the hose pipe and hose it down every couple days because it don't do you no good. It don't do nothing to to go get it washed all it's going to do is now it's wet and it's going to stick all the pollen on it so uh, well and it's eventually going to rain again so mm-hmm. yep yep so might as well uh hence why the you know bristol and atlanta and etc races around this time are always a, a flip of the coin and it's a loaded coin <laughs> 
No doubt. Yeah, yeah. Well, sir, it's been a fun intro. You ready to talk some NASCAR? Yeah, I'm sure some of these folks are like, well, I thought this was a racing part. I don't understand what <laughs> is. is happening it here. Is. Well, here's a racing part. Here we go. Let's tear it down. <laughs> sir, let's start with this. Uh, Matt Weaver column this week. Now, y'all, we don't have any race to talk about. So, Matt Weaver column this week was uh, the, the AutoWeek.com, our vision for the 2026 NASCAR Cup Series schedule. Thought so that there was some interesting stuff in here. Uh, talking about uh, starting with Daytona, going to Vegas, Phoenix, Fontana, Half Mile, Sonoma was in there, and then number seven, New Atlanta. And he posted that picture of Atlanta Motor Speedway with like the oval reshaping, the the uh, golf complex, the roller coasters, the freaking casino, the whole deal, man. I, I I saw it and I'm like 2026. That's like five years. If we had all that stuff in five years from now, holy smokes, Atlanta would be one of the top tickets in the series, wouldn't it? I would think so. Um, just because a number one, uh, it's probably going to be the first casino in the Atlanta area, and uh, b um, it's a cool it it it's an amusement park, like That's whole thing. with a racetrack. That's all thing attached to it. Imagine eleven p.m. What are we gonna do? Let's go ride the roller coaster. Like hell yeah! <laughs> yeah, I mean, I can imagine how many NASCAR fans are going to be like, wonder how long. Uh, I wonder how drunk we're allowed to be, and they still let us on the rides. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about, man. And race, hey, it's race weekend. Anything goes. Come on in. Get on our roller coaster. Go upside down. Woo! <laughs> yeah, I mean, as long as you can walk around and and sort of semi communicate, you can be a, in a casino drunk. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, we've all seen us do that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and it's some, some part of life. So I don't. I mean, I hope they do it just cause. Right. Right. And they got the golf complex. Imagine that midnight golf with uh, with all your racing buddies. Oh my gosh! Uh, they I don't see them being able to change the track back to the original oval, though. Not the way the stands are designed, unless yeah, that... they're willing to completely rebuild the way the condos and the boxes are shaped. Yeah, because yeah. they're built around. You know, they're built around the quad oval, and it would. It would be weird if you moved, because the front stretch basically becomes pit road. Because mm-hmm. in the old configuration, for those who don't remember or never saw it, like we never saw it, the front stretch used to be the what the back stretch is now. So pit road was on the back stretch of what you see now at Atlanta, and pit road as we know it today was the back stretch. So I'm not sure if they're going to be able to get rid of that quad oval thing or not. Plus, you would you would eliminate the Thursday night thunder, you know, that thing, which I doubt they want to do that. My model of Atlanta Motor Speedway here, but it is 1999. So this we're talking about pre 1997. So this was still the quad oval in '99 with the backstretch stands. Rest in peace. Well, and the Elliott Grandstand, rest in peace. Yeah, and this one, the the East Stands, whatever they're called, rest East in peace. East Turn, yeah. 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 
So yeah, he's turned, of- then renamed the Bill Elliott Grandstand. The question is, should I just start knocking some of these pieces off? Just to <laughs> make it. Accurate? I don't. I don't know. I mean, we told that story. Golly, was it last podcast or one before about? Going into Weaver and <laughs> people at the... I think we talked about it with Brent. Yeah, yeah, we did. It was like, oh, yeah, you got like three cases of beer. Looks good. Yeah. They're all cans. Uh, <laughs> yeah, y'all have a good day. <laughs> like, what? Have at it. <laughs> well, how about... I don't think we've talked enough about the Fontana Half Mile. Like, hey, this two-mile track ain't too bad. Let's cut it in a quarter. <laughs> this is... It's bonkers, and it's happening, you know? like uh, that's- Well, not only that, but it's like, I mean, it's basically, it's Martinsville with a curved front stretch is what it amounts to. Because mm-hmm. they're going to leave the front stretch the same. The same reason why I said I think it's going to be hard for Atlanta to, to change the quad oval configuration is, you know, the stands are built around that that oval shape that Fontana already has. So they're going to leave that there, and then basically going to shrink the property by about half because mm-hmm. they're going to sell it all, and they're going to use that money to pay for all the things they're going to do extra. Yeah. But yeah. it's going to be Martinsville on the West Coast is what it amounts to, and that's going to be neat. Well, that's a good I don't point. Think, I don't think we're going to be able to do Infineon. Sorry, Matt Weaver. I, I like the idea. It's good in theory, but the problem is – there's only two months in Vallejo, California, when it rains, and that's March and April. That's mm. it. Mm-hmm. Doesn't rain any other time of year. And that, does it look beautiful? Yes. Does it rain? Yes. And you and you brought up a good point that I had not thought about, but I'm sure plenty of people have said. But I mean, where are the short tracks out on the West Coast? You know, we got like Phoenix, kinda, and that's about it right now so yeah and then people will take you to task all day long about that that's not a short track it's a mile you know i mean 150 mile an hour that's not a short track whatever you know they grumble (laughs) grumble 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 grumble. and you know like okay well uh all things considered what our 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 norm is for the cup series is you know 22 races at mile and a half tracks so if you race at a one mile track, that I mean, you pretty much need to call that a short track, right? Really? Well, uh, probably thinking about it from the Mississippi River to the west, I bet our current average track length is over a mile and a half, or maybe over one point six. You know? Yeah. It. Uh. Yeah. It easily could be. Yeah. Definitely west of the Mississippi. So you got Texas. You got Phoenix, but then you got California, Fontana, Vegas, Sonoma, uh, Sonoma. Sonoma's two point four miles. So yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. I mean, I think you're right. Uh, you're you're probably closer to two miles than you are to one and a half. Mm-hmm. Um, so he left this very short uh, Weaver's uh, article here, but race number thirteen, Dover but paved with asphalt rather than concrete. What do you think about that? Not happening. (laughs) What if? I mean, it could be, but the reason why they pulled up the asphalt and put the concrete down is because the cars started making so much downforce, they started tearing up the asphalt during the race. Mm -hmm. So, okay. How do you want to fix that, Weaver? (laughs) How about this one? Race number 19, Knoxville. Um, 
already, he says, the most Cup Series-ready venue in dirt racing. They seat 25000 for the Knoxville National Sprint Car Race. A lot of luxury suites. Um, number's probably good for modern Cup race. Could be extended over 30000 with temporary seats. I think that's, uh, you know, and it's a dirt track. So, uh, you know, we want to race on dirt. There you go. Yeah, and the thing about Knoxville is it's – uh, it's very similar to Bristol in terms of banking too, but it is dirt all the way through and throughout. Mm-hmm. So it's not a bad choice. Um, I don't believe I would. I would have a hard time believing that they would abandon the idea of running dirt at Bristol, just because when all things get back to normality. Um, that spring race at Bristol does have a chance to sell 120, 130,000 tickets. You know, one thing I was thinking about is if we're tent camping at Bristol for a dirt race, we definitely need to find a a solid shower arrangement. <laughs> yes. Yes, we do. Well, and the thing is, okay, so now that we got, and I know Evan's been lurking in the old uh, YouTube over there, uh, we have an opportunity to be not in a tent if we can drag Evan with us because he can pull his bumper pull. And if we sign ourselves up for a full hookup, he does have a shower that I, I think he can tell us if he does or not. But I believe he does. Well, sir, that sounds like a, uh, a solid, <laughs> a solid opportunity for uh, for all of us. Uh, maybe we uh, maybe we see what Julie Bosley uh, Julie Bosley's up to. <laughs> well, yeah, uh, yeah. What you got going on? <laughs> as we as we towed our <laughs> our little pop up into the million dollar camper area. <laughs> that, that was oh, hilarious. Man. Love it, love it. <laughs> and had our backing up exercise after you <laughs> like a glove, put it in your carport, like and then we couldn't back it into a space big enough to park a trailer full of elephants <laughs> uh he's got now uh, now i think this is a weaver special here being a cubs fan and all that he says chicago street course um now i know we're talking five years from now uh and uh, you know maybe i don't know it's interesting i yeah i guess if um if the fairgrounds in nashville gets revived the way it appears it's going to be revived uh I mean, Marcus is committed to it. Uh, maybe the street course thingy in downtown Nashville uh, migrates its way to somewhere else. Chicago Street, I don't know, Belle Isle, uh, St. Pete, which is half of that's on an airport. Um, yeah, I don't know. I think it would probably be in their best interest if they uh, paired up with Indy and had a doubleheader weekend with Indy. Mm-hmm. in order to get some of that crossover with the street course thing. Because street courses are, I mean, they're a little different. It's, uh, we've never done it with NASCAR. Not not to mean we can't. It's just, it's going to be interesting when four or five cars barrel down into a turn and they all hit one of those barricades at the same time. Mm-hmm. I thought this Cause, was interesting. Because that's going to happen. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So this was interesting. Um Talking about playoffs in terms of, you know, what 2026 could look like. Um, Weaver says Fontana, back to Fontana for the half mile. He says there's no way NASCAR will spend all the money it's going to take 
to revitalize Auto Club and not give it two dates. So I think that's a I think that's a fair point. So who are they going to take it from? Is the is the you know that's how you reverse problem solve? Right. Is who loses a race because it's going to have to be. I don't know who it would be. I mean, they've already stolen Chicago. Uh, that was a NASCAR track. Mm-hmm. Uh, Michigan, they only have the one date now. I think Kentucky. Kentucky was an SMI track, yep. but they already took that date from them. Yep. So. Um, I mean, it, it's going to be interesting to figure out where they're going to take dates from and if they're going to do it on a rotating schedule. That's we the ro- other question. Do we... Yep. Do we, you know, do we wander around a little bit? I mean, Phoenix obviously is a NASCAR track. They're not, that's not an SMI track, but that's also the finale. I can't imagine they're not going to hold two events there every year just to spring to get everybody excited about the finale kind of thing. Are they going to move the finale? Mm-hmm. I mean, we talked about how it might be interesting for them to move that around. They've given uh, Homestead a different date, but. It still only has the one, so you can't really take that away. Can't they're not going to take away from Daytona? Now there is that road course race that they probably can redistribute. Yeah, yeah, probably maybe a couple though, like the Indy one. I I don't know if he's got Indy on the schedule actually. I don't see Brickyard on here. Interesting. So that's one spot. Um, yeah, well the Brickyard's not on this schedule either for this year. Because it's the road course race. Oh, no, it is there. Sorry. I I messed up. It is there. But anyway. Um, then uh, Bristol Night Race, still talking about playoffs. Charlotte Roval. I thought this was interesting. And this is what bodes well for Atlanta. And he makes a good point here. He said Kansas in the playoffs. And you might think, you know, Kansas kind of a, uh, you know, not like a premier or whatever you want to call it track. But he says Kansas is a playoff mainstay by this point. Um, due to the Hollywood casinos on site. And so uh, it's a, that's a fair point. Yeah, because it's attractive for people to go to. Because mm-hmm. um, there's lots of other stuff to do besides just go to the race. Mm-hmm. That's why we need so our you- roller coasters. You know, whether they put a casino in Atlanta or not, I need to see those roller coasters. I am in on riding roller coasters at 11 o'clock p.m. on a Friday night. <laughs> Well, and, and I mean, to your point um, that you mentioned earlier is that, you know, if you turn Atlanta Motor Speedway into a destination as opposed to just a place where a racetrack exists, mm-hmm. that that's going to change the game significantly. Mm-hmm. And we already know that Atlanta was within a hair of passing Hard Rock building a casino downtown, you know, in old Midtown. Yeah, the up whatever we call that part of town, downtown Atlanta, you know where uh, Planet Hollywood and Hooters and all that stuff is, Meekums and stuff down there. You know, basically little little five point, not little five, but five points. Yeah, yeah, five points proper. Yeah, yeah. He's got Nashville in there. That's interesting. Talladega, Texas, Phoenix, Martinsville, and Homestead. Back to Homestead. And he called it NASCAR's best intermediate track and the perfect location for championship race. I, I can't disagree uh, in that, but I don't think I, I hate Phoenix for that either. So, but I think we stand 
a lot better opportunity to not have a weather issue in Phoenix in November than we do in Homestead. Yeah, hard to say. I mean, it's South Florida versus uh, the desert. <laughs> so uh, there's, there's uh, to your point, though, how many places can you go to? Because at that point, places like Chicagoland, which, I mean, obviously we're not at, but uh, Chicago's, uh, you know, posting Instagram pictures of snow that's three feet deep on a track. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, we can't, I mean, even Atlanta, I mean, it used to be called Atlanta International Raceway when it was its own thing before SMI bought it, but Mm -hmm. its nickname was Atlanta International Rainway. Right. Right. You know, when it was the last race of the year for, I mean, better part of a decade and a half. Mm Mm-hmm. So... That is the schedule that Weaver put together. I, you know, and and regardless, uh, you know, if we can get one quarter of what is in there in terms of either changes or trying something different or some of these tracks like Atlanta. I mean, come on, we're homers uh, to do something like that. I mean, I it, it sounds like we're in a in a good position. I'm I'm digging it. Yeah, I, I mean, I'll be honest with you. I probably need to defer to Weaver more often because he's a pure racer guy. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, I would rather him put together a schedule than me at the end of the day. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, well, sir, let's move on then. Second period. Did you see the uh, the Carl Edwards deal this week? I knew he was on there. I tried to watch it, and I just, man, I got distracted, and I never got around to it. <laughs> it's cool. Well, it, it can be summed up with this. Uh, they're like, what you been up to? He's like, well, I sailed the oceans. Like he he went sailing, evidently, and and just went around. Evident, uh, like I said, just sailing. Uh, <laughs> I thought it was funny. They they actually nicknamed him Buckets because he was just uh, on the side of the boat for the first half of the whole thing, just puking buckets. <laughs> so they mm. they called him Buckets. But um, you know, this is another one we we've talked about it a million times at this point. But like. Carl Edwards is living the life that if I had the money that he has today, that's the life I would be living, right? That's what I'm trying to get to with retirement and whatever else that, that I'm trying to do. It's like, you know, he, he was able to fast track that by going to NASCAR. So I got to respect the fact, you know, I'd love to see him race again. I, he's such a good racer and all that stuff. But, you know, he, he did what we all say we would do if we had that kind of money. Uh, you know, it's like, hey, I got my, I got my bills. I'm gonna go uh, sail the, uh, sail all the oceans for the next eight months. Good for you. Yeah, I don't blame him a bit. Uh, I need to go back and watch that. I'm sure I can get it on YouTube or on demand or something because I, I did oh, want to yeah, see it. I just, I got distracted by other stuff and just didn't, and end, ended up, ended up watching it. Yeah, yeah. So, good on Carl. Uh, old uh, cousin Carl for uh, for doing that deal. Uh, how about this one? Do you see they uh, tested the rain tires at Martinsville? So it was I a, did. It was a nice. I did. Day. I saw that Larson had good things to say about it. My only comment on this would be: we need to see more cars, and we need to understand what the difference between racing in the rain is and racing on a wet surface right right because it was a nice day y'all and they just you know hosed it down and put some rain tires on you know let's see what happens so yeah that i totally agree on that also i you know i'm just kind of opening up the conversation here in terms of what do we think of nascar in the rain sherwin 
I don't think they're prepared infrastructure-wise on the car itself to actually race in the rain. We saw some really weird stuff in Montreal. Uh, it's been a long time now. It's probably been 06. Mm. And they were just like, yeah, we can't see anything. I don't know what we're doing here. It, this is weird. Because that, that windshield wiper, <laughs> while it looks like it might be functional, it is not. <laughs> right. right. You, you, put some Rain-X on that thing. But, you know, they've got the tear-offs and all that stuff. There's, a, like you said, infrastructure. There's a whole lot to try to figure out with that. And, yeah, I'm... Um, I don't know. I'm still like, oh, I'm glad they're testing. I'm glad they're trying some stuff. Let's not be like, all right, we have this thing figured out. Let's do it. Like, I'm not, I'm not ready for that. You know what I mean? I I don't think, I really don't. I mean, it's great that they did a, you know, a, a test run to see what, they, what happens to these tires. But the reality is we're not going to be able to race while it's raining, which means at some point during the run with 40 cars out there and all the heat, that they put down and all the water they're going to move mm -hmm. with the tires, it's going to dry out pretty quick, mm -hmm. which means they're going to end up turning laps on those tires that when most of the track is dry and what happens then? Yeah. Yeah. Well, they'll throw, you know, con competition cautions and blah, blah, blah. I think, uh, you know, what it really is, they, they, they almost have to change the rules up mid race. They have to decide, we're going to do this. We're going to do that. And that, that's something I don't think has been too popular among fans. You know, like, uh, I want to know what I'm going to get when I, when I get there. Yeah. Well, they did that during the dirt race. They made a good decision about the single file yes, restarts, but it did. still was not necessarily met with a, you know, resounding enthusiasm. <laughs> I thought it was a great decision, but a lot of people were like, you can't just change the rules during the race. This is like the highest level of this thing that we're doing. And I'm like, okay, I, I can see that argument to some degree. Right, right. Um, next on the list, how about uh, Howie DeSavino III making his truck's debut at Richmond. And I only, he has seven starts in ARCA. And I, and I only mention it because it's, in, uh, it's for Jordan Anderson Racing. And how about Jordan Anderson seemingly really putting together a team here in a way? I mean, I know they're sharing the truck and whatnot, but, like, he's kind of become sort of developmental and, uh, you know, working people through. Like, how long ago was it that, you know, he's selling spots on his truck for a few hundred bucks, and now it's uh, like he has a whole race team. It's pretty cool. Yeah. No, I'm happy for him. Hey, do whatever it takes to, to make your team what you need it to be so that you can do the racing that you want to do. Um, he's been doing this, I guess, probably two or three years now where he'll put somebody in and he's like, yep, I'm just not all that great at this particular racetrack, but I think I got somebody who is, and maybe they can finish high enough in the order where we make the kind of money we need to continue to pay for the development that we need to, to make this a better team. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. I, I thought that was uh, just a cool – again, I don't know who Howie D. Savino III really is, um, and it's cool that he has this opportunity. But with uh, with Jordan Anderson's truck, uh, I thought it was really neat that he's doing that. So, um, And last thing on the main show here, LeBron apparently has a stake in Fenway Sports Group, which if you know the name Fenway, you know Roush Fenway Motorsports. So technically, LeBron has a stake now in – 
uh, in NASCAR. So probably nothing interesting, you know, today to talk about or anything. Like he's not just jumping in like Michael Jordan is. But I, I, I really love the the idea of of you know folks from different sports arenas coming into NASCAR and, and talking about that. So we'll see, you know, if he's involved at all. But um, you know, I like it. I think it's great. I, I saw that too, and I was like, "Cool, yeah, more crossover." Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And and say what you want about LeBron, I, you know, back back. I mean, this had to be what ten, twelve years ago when he did the whole like, "I'm taking my talents to Miami" or whatever, and and it was like, "Oh, you stuck up," blah 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 blah. But I, you know, he is like the model citizen, perfect person, everything. He. Uh, Everything he does off the court is is for uh, is for good. He's nothing but good. So it's like, well, dadgummit. All right, he's a good guy, and he's really, really good at basketball, and he knows it. <laughs> so, you know, fair uh, fair play. <laughs> yeah, I'm. I'm. That's you, LeBron and Michael Jordan in NASCAR. Yes, yes. Oh, uh, there's goosebumps let's, right there. Just let's the have that. It. Let's have some of that. <laughs> right. Mm. Uh, take me a sip of Dos Equis uh, lager, as it turns out. So, but let's keep uh, let's keep rolling here. How about um, you know a few a few folks, uh, Bubba and Suarez. So Bubba was in the I believe in the top ten for at least the first few stages of Bristol, but then had Bristol dirt that is, then had a tire issue, but uh, you know showed a lot of promise there. And of course, um, Suarez uh, finished fourth, I believe. So. Uh, you know, some pretty big momentum coming out of Bristol. And I would say, uh, you know, I, I think both the momentum is there, but also the pressure. Like, these two things are meeting right now. And and I feel like one or the other is going to bust that bubble, and, and maybe one doesn't coming up soon. Uh, so we'll, we'll see what happens there. What do you think? Well, it certainly was refreshing to see both of them running so well uh, – you know, for most of the race, uh, Suarez, you know, winning stages and are winning a stage, I think, and leading laps that, that, that was neat, especially considering all they could talk about is how he didn't have any dirt experience, but all of a sudden he's running up there and it's like, well, this is pretty cool. Uh, he certainly got his team and his sponsor a lot of airtime, mm-hmm. albeit through the dust. yeah yeah um bob pockers reported that coda is adding turtles (laughs) to the uh to the raceway these are like sideways speed bumps so it's like a speed bump but it's it's parallel to the cars or whatever uh so uh so as to quote unquote encourage drivers to drive the course i thought that was an interesting way to put it that uh yeah we'd rather you not take the shortcut through rainbow road and the the choco taverns or caverns or whatever it's called like going mario kart here like we don't want you doing that so we're gonna add this horrific speed bump that makes it very jarring to do so yeah yeah and we've seen uh with the the newest version of what the nascar turtles are at at charlotte yeah that if you run your whole car over those things (laughs) you can damn near rip the undercarriage out of those things (laughs) Mm. like it's bad (laughs) yeah yeah i thought that was uh, i i had not heard turtles before and i was like they're adding turtles to the track that seems like a 
uh, not a good idea. We're going to run over the turtles. We got to save the turtles, everybody. But you know, okay, all right, I get it. That was a term that popped up. I, I want to say three or four years ago, people started calling them that. Mm-hmm. And I, I'm only assuming they started doing that because cars were running over them and ripping stuff off of the bottom of the car. Mm-hmm. They're like, oh yeah, this is like hitting a turtle with a passenger <laughs> car. It's problematic. Mm-hmm. <laughs> dude i don't know if i've told this publicly ever but when we were in portland oregon uh between there and and uh, seattle and it's a great drive and whatnot but uh i was driving at night uh, i knew somebody from portland we went over to their house had an excellent dinner and met um met his family and all this stuff and played on his drums and i mean it was just a, a fun wild weird night just meeting up with somebody you know while we were out there. Um, but on the way back, it was night. And, dude, I hit <laughs> – I hate to say this. I hit a family of raccoons. Like, oh, shit. Like a family. <laughs> the entire family. All of them. And, I mean, it was like – Like you're dragging one, right? And you're like, oh, God, please release. Please release. And then back to smooth. And, I, of course, I'm in a rental And I look over at my wife, and she looks back at me. I'm like, I'm just going. <laughs> She's like, just go. So <laughs> – I don't, I don't know what to say. I have ruined a family of raccoons up in Portland, Oregon. And to those raccoons to this day, I apologize and I feel bad. But, yeah, you know, what can I say? Yeah. Yeah. I, I can remember hitting one in high school. I didn't hit it. I was riding shotgun. My, my buddy hit it. We were leaving school. I'm sure we were headed to go get in some mischief. <laughs> and he hit that thing just wide open. Oh and we felt it like hit the engine and then <laughs> yeah. hit like the rear axle. And it yeah. was like, yeah, I don't think it's going to make it. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. We look in the rear view mirror and it's like kicking around. Oh, like, yeah, just no, go. No, just, just, just go. go. Just bail, bail. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, oh well. We'll, uh, we'll, we'll try to get past some memories here. Uh, I saw that uh, Pocono Raceway is releasing a beer, and I was like, ooh, and then I saw what it was, and I'm like, ooh, don't worry about that, but uh, I'll try it. You know, I'm, I'm up for trying whatever, but it's a collab with Downriver Brewing. It's called uh, Wheat Turn 4, and it's a mango, hefe, uh, mango hefeweizen. I can't even say the word, but uh, uh, yeah, mango hefeweizen, and I'm like, Oh, yeah. fruity beer plus Hefeweizen. Hefeweizen to me, y'all. I don't know why, but it, uh, that thing, uh, I, if you get the wrong one, it just stinks to me. <laughs> like, uh, like not like it's, it's it. Uh, oh, that, you know, that driver stinks. No, I mean, like, like poop stink. Like, uh, it smells bad. <laughs> it's, it's weird. It was, they're yeasty. Yeah. Yeah. So. It, it's, I'll, yeah. I'll give it a try. I'll try it. But, you know, here's mm-hmm. what it is. Do you see the? Uh, yeah, I mean, good on them for getting involved with some kind of beer thing. That that's cool. But how about something different than that? Right? Do you see uh, Chase uh, his throwback scheme for this year? Hell yeah, I saw it. Alan Kulwicki Darlington throwback scheme, the 1992 Hooters car looks pretty sweet. Complete with brown number. Browns. Yeah. Yeah. It's- it's pretty neat. Yeah, no, it looks great. It looks exactly like Cole Wiki's car. Just, I mean, obviously the car is a different, you know, model upgraded, but like same, it's the same exact paint scheme. Yeah. 
it's a, that is an early entry into the Darlington throwback schemes. And I'm sure I will forget that we talked about this. And then once we get to Darlington, I'll be talking about it again. So, you know, y'all pin this conversation cause I, I'm sure it'll happen again. But, uh, anyway, that, that's an early entry into the throwback schemes. I feel like, uh, it's first one that I know of that's been released. Mm-hmm. Did they At announce least from a theme one yet? of the big boys? Or are they doing a theme this year? No, it's just you're obligated to do a throwback. Yeah, there's no year okay. requirement. So wide open or suggestion, as yeah. it has been in the past. Yeah, but it's in May. Yeah, it's not. It's not for the September race. It's in May. Well, we um um one thing that I thought was interesting, you know, going back to the. Or going to more, I, I would love to hear uh, Brent, like, I, I, I want to hear Brent on, like, at least one topic uh, every week. And this one is interesting because uh, NASCAR has really done a shakeup in their leadership, uh, especially around, like, the marketing, strategic development. Those are, like, the big ones that have moved around. And then the cascading effects was down to, like, operations and racing development. But they've moved a lot of people up. I, I would sit here and name names, but I don't really know any of these people anyway so it, it doesn't make sense but but the titles are interesting to me how they're really focusing on marketing and strategic development stuff and then backfilling for uh the operational stuff and and the racing development like those were kind of the the okay well we're we're moving these people into these positions so we gotta we gotta move somebody up into into these others but uh you know like i said the focus being on marketing and strategic development i think that's a I think that's a good call for where we are today and what, what's needed today. So uh, interested in what you think. I didn't see any of that happen, uh, but it's not because uh, I deliberately ignored it. It's because I just <laughs> haven't had the time to pay attention. <laughs> but, you know, shaking up leadership is something that happens a lot in corporate cultures and uh, getting a new set of eyes on uh, on the same set of data uh it often leads to uh different decisions and if nascar thinks this is what they need to to get a little bit more creative then more power to them yeah yeah so uh, yeah it's uh like i said interesting developments there and again uh, you know somebody who has more of that business context of what we should focus on you know uh, what nascar is saying here is we want to focus on the marketing and we want to focus on the strategic development and we want to backfill for the racing stuff and the operational stuff that that's a i guess a different viewpoint than what we've seen in the past so it's uh yeah interesting yeah well it, it it's uh it definitely bucks that whole or follows that whole uh you know if you keep doing the same thing and expect different results that's definition of insanity mm-hmm. yep well sir it's time to gas it up here we go right sir martinsville we kind of uh we kind of you know last week sort of whatever you want to call it uh all all the analogies i can think of are are not pg but uh we we uh previewed ahead of time (laughs) the fact that we're going to martinsville uh this weekend so a little week off everybody enjoy easter have your uh, uh deviled eggs that have to have ham with them that have to have cornbread that have to have uh collard greens uh and then uh you know off to uh, Martinsville this week. So looking forward to it. Yeah. I don't know how much of it I'll get to watch, but it's, uh, 
excuse me, Saturday night under the lights. Uh, so that's interesting. Um, we got Xfinity racing too. So that's fun. Yes. Um, yeah. I mean, Martinsville is Martinsville. It's one of the coolest places that we go to. Like it, it's hard to even, I don't know what words to use. Martinsville is so freaking cool. If you haven't been go, trust me, just go. It's one of the coolest places ever. I know we've said it before on the podcast, but it is such a centralized place for like, it's almost like this is where the North and the South come to meet. And the fact that, you know, I I drove up from Atlanta, but I I had stopped off where you were living at the time. And, uh, and so it didn't feel like it was a ton of driving or whatever. And, uh, and it was like an hour and a half North where you lived. And so we went there the next day and, and, you know, stayed the whole weekend. We were at the campground and we met these folks, and I mean, total rednecks, totally cool folks, but they were from like mid Pennsylvania, right? Mm-hmm. And it was like, oh wow, y'all are from like the north, north, <laughs> you know, as far as we were concerned. Like Pennsylvania, how far is that? They're like, that's oh, about six hours. I'm like, I drove more than that to get here. So, <laughs> right, cool. Yeah, yeah. Next time I'll pick a different weekend to go to New Orleans. And uh, Evan, we'll go to Martinsville in the fall, buddy. There you go. There you go. Got to get this. Uh, Got to get this stuff going. Um, what did Roger say? It took us ten hours to drive uh, from the Albany, uh, New York area. So there you go. Um, yeah. Anyway, I believe Sherwin. It is time for picks for Martinsville. Um, and let's see. Two weeks ago, uh, Brent picked uh, Christopher Bell, who finished thirty fourth. So you know there was no fix in that <laughs> in that situation. Like the former NASCAR president picks uh, the guy who finished almost DFL. Uh, so you know is what it is. Uh, I picked Larson who finished 29th. So dirt course ringer uh, completely you know ate it. And Sherwin, you picked Brad who finished 11th. So congrats to Sherwin on the uh, on the W at least across the three of us. So it's time for picks. For Martinsville, Sherwin, I, <clears throat> I'm gonna cheat, kind of, like okay. I, I, I continue every week. You know, uh, this is like you're gonna be down in New Orleans here soon, and they they've got the Harris Casino, and and you probably walk into there at some point. I right? can place a bet, and you you can place a bet, but then you lose, and then you're like, well, now I gotta you know do the uh, two dollars on the next one. Now I gotta do four dollars on the next one. Now I gotta do eight dollars on it. You know whatever they call that the. Uh, Martin Gale or uh, Mockingbird, Martin, Mocking Gale, I can't remember. Somebody will correct me at some point. I don't care. Uh, but it, it's the it's the technique where you keep doubling your bet. The problem is that they have a limit. So once you hit like a thousand bucks, you can never make it back. But uh, anyway, <clears throat> I feel like I continue to say that I need to make up some room, and then I keep not making up room, and so it is what it is. Anyway, Sherwin, with all that, the reason I'm saying all that, I'm picking Joey Logano for the double. Uh, he has you butthole at Martinsville. And so, you know, Joey double, uh, doubling down on the half mile tracks here. Um, so that, that's where I'm going. Sherwin, you're up. Blaney. Blaney <laughs> just throws it out there. You know, I love that pick. Um, I love that pick for a lot of reasons. Uh, but you know, I don't know. I was going to say more than anything, blah, blah, blah. But there, there's a lot of things going on there. Um, I don't know what else to say. You tell me. Why Blaney? Uh, 
he actually is pretty good on short tracks, and uh, Penske seems to be ahead of the game, except for Hendrick, and I assume that everybody that listens to this would just call me some kind of homer if I pick Chase. <laughs> so I'm picking Blaney. There you go. Um, yeah, Blaney. Uh, so interestingly, both of us picked somebody who has a win, uh, and of course right now the entire field has one at least you know there's nobody with more than one win so um both of us looking for the uh for the double yep well there it is yep. ladies that and means gentlemen. harvick's probably gonna win <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> i'm fine with that i'm fine with that too uh, i yep. got no issues I'm, I'm happy sherwin we have somehow filled up an hour with me and you just bsing about telephones and uh everything else uh, it's been an absolute blast can't wait to talk next week. We've got a fantastic guest lined up for then and uh, excited to, uh, to do it. So why don't you start closing us out, sir? Oh, yeah. So uh, next week's guest is, uh, let me look at his name real quick so I get it right. Jeremy Korst. He's a friend of Brent Doors. Um, he's a technologist, uh, big time in the technology community. That's fun. You can find us at PTM Podcast on Twitter at PTM Podcast on Instagram. You can find me at Pregame Engineer on Instagram, or sorry, on Twitter, and at Andrew L. Sherwin on Instagram. And uh, take it away, Rusty. Well, he said it. PTMPodcast.com at PTM Podcast on Twitter. As always, I'm Tailgate Mayor Rusty Wallace at Tailgate Mayor on Twitter. Can't wait to talk to him next week. We're uh, Sherwin, you might got to watch out because we might start nerding out if he's in the tech industry and everything, but uh, looking forward to that discussion. It's going to be a blast, and we'll be talking about Martinsville and talking about Joey Logano's win there, evidently. <coughs> so, we will, I like it. We will talk to you all next week. See you.